First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat Restoral Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and I'm joined by our guys, Kay and George. And we got a great episode today for y'all. The Heat actually won back-to-back games first time this season. We haven't done that since May when we played the Celtics. So it's a great time to be a Heat fan as of right now. So shout out to them for taking care of business. And overall, it was a fun night. In case y'all missed it, we beat the Lakers. And it was just a fun game because we got a couple other folks coming in here. We got Bam is better than AD. We'll find out who that is real soon. Um, it's going to be like a mass thing or whatever that show is called, where they're going to reveal their voice and we figure out who it is. But um, with that all being said, you know, what, what, what I was saying earlier, the Heat, they go out there and they beat the Lakers. And it was a fun game because Bam had a great performance. We're looking at, what was it, 22 points, 20 rebounds, and 10, um, 10 was it 10 assists, I believe? Yeah, so... With that being said, that was the stat line. You know, I think it was George who said before the show, apparently they tried to dock a rebound from them. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he had a 2020 game last night. I'm not looking into all the other stuff. But, yeah, so he had a great game. 
Jimmy showed up and played like Jimmy. Tyler uh, Tyler had a solid game too. Some people was going crazy on a TL, certain fans of his, um, but we're not gonna get into it because this is a PG show. But yeah, like the Heat got another win. We are like what now? Three and four, three and I I yeah, three and four, yeah. So with that being said, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. We're all same record as the Lakers, who people got as a contender in the West. I'm sorry, I just had to say that. Say that one more time. Same record as the Lakers, who people have as a contender in the West. I'm just saying. Exactly, and I mean, look at the Bucks too. I mean, that's the team everyone's calling the contender, and they're still barely beating teams right now. You know, like last night they. I mean, even though we lost to Brooklyn, but look out, Joel. Another reporter just trashed Dame for his defense. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, the thing, and I won't say too much about this whole Dame thing, because you know what, like, we've already commented on it, but people was literally praising God when it was announced he was going to Milwaukee, but not the Heat, because they knew him going to Miami would have been much more worse than him going to the Bucks. So shout outs to y'all. God answered y'all's prayers. And shout out to Joe Cronin for that world changing package he drew. I mean, I'm sorry, Joe, you started this. I mean... It's Scoot Light. I mean, Scoot is just lighting up the world right now. And never mind what Rod Williams is doing. I mean, a double-double machine. I mean, every time he touches the floor, I mean, he's just crushing. And DeAndre Aiden, I mean, he's like 40. Dominating, bro. I mean, like, they are crushing the game right now. I mean, like, isn't aren't isn't Portland like undefeated or something right now? Yeah, man. In fact, you know, they're so un well, you know, unfortunately, they ended up losing to a team that literally was 0-6 at one point and gave them their first one of the season. But you know, it is what it is. You know, we're not gonna pass him. Carry on. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, you know, get I had to salute him. Salute to Joe Cronin. Joe Cronin and Gene. I mean, you genius. Blue the Joe. I'm sorry. Joe Cronin the genius. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, you know, Joe Cronin, man, the real MVP right there. But with that all being said, man, going back to this game, like how y'all feel after last night? I ain't gonna lie, I was a little nervous because we went like four minutes without scoring. So like I was trying to see us get one last bucket to like seal the deal, but a win is a win, so I personally don't care. Um, how how are you guys feeling after last night? We'll start off with you, kid. Well, obviously, I guess I've already been talking so about not continue. Um, look, man, it was a good win, it was a gritty win. People are gonna point to 80s injury, but we were beating them. Um, before AD went out. Um, now, of course, that doesn't, you know, mean how he'll impact the game coming forward, but he wasn't doing the same thing he had done for the most part um, in the remainder of the season. Now, even beyond that, after that, the Lakers fought back, and they still have LeBron James. They still have Austin Reeves. They still have D'Angelo Russell. They still have Christian Wood. They still have some talent over there. Um, for many teams, even though you do acknowledge the greatness of AD, and you can't replace that because AD – um, is a generational talent when he's on the floor and doing what he does on both sides of the ball at a high level. However, um, on most nights and against most teams, they have more than enough, especially when you consider LeBron James, along with all those other names that I mentioned. Um, you know, you still have to look at this as getting a good win. And to that point, the Lakers fought right down into the very end to come down to a much debated play again thus far um, since last night's game with LeBron's final drive and kick out to Cam Reddish, which he ultimately missed, thank the basketball gods. Um, so, I mean, it's a good, tough win. And even though AD went out, you take nothing away from the Miami Heat because they still had to scrap and claw um, to get that win. And, and I do think, you now it's game seven or eight-ish for each team, depending on, you know, the numbers or whatever, six, seven, eight-ish. So you can say that he's still fresh, but just with the intensity um, that LeBron played with, and he has shown that in other games this year, but you know 
that there's a little something extra for Miami when he sees them. And of course, with the hot quote that's going around where he doesn't feel as though Miami had any impact on his career or legacy or makeup as a ball player and all of that, you know, there's a little something extra from Miami. Just ask Duncan, ask Tyler when he chased him down and blocked him, when he running through the lane, dunking on cats until he got hacked because he should know that nothing comes free in that paint. Yes, it was a hack. I agree. Our guys beat him all in the face. But that's what being a nasty as hardest working team is about. You come in here and dunk that thing a couple of times. Oh, that next time you catching something to the face. And we're okay with that. But we just want to let you know. But, you know, to all of that, like I said, um, good win for this Miami Heat team. Um, we're going to get to that at, at what this win means or what this win displayed um, on several layers of the show for grass. But just to answer your initial question, like I said, a good win for the Miami Heat. Scrappy win. Um, AD wasn't in, but you still showed some grit to go get it. Yep, and let's see. We got George as Bam's team with this. I don't understand the picture, but George, the mic is yours, man. What you got? It's say? Andy. It's Andy. No, you don't know who this. I know that Skipper from Penguins of Madagascar, but um, yeah. Um, I you, mean, you can, you can um, yeah. <laughs> you feel me, lost? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I said it's Andy, Baron. Yo, don't, don't don't say it's the um certain Andy, because come on, we we want to make sure we are. Hey, there's a lot of Andys in this world, bro. You don't have to. We don't have to say who which Andy who. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. All right, we're gonna go back to the the game that we just won. All right, we're gonna keep it. <laughs> we're gonna keep it, bro. Normal. Hey, hey, bro, dismiss him from the stream. He he out of here. He out of here. <laughs> he out of here. You know, George. To Tori George, on Prince. You're disrespectful, bro. Yo, I'm a fan. Like, You're I just want to say George's George's opinions do not reflect on he for him and his alone. <laughs> like it's, George's opinions so much does not cap. reflect on any of us. Okay, like we support people of all shapes and sizes. All right, so hey, you, you Joe, say you're that, it down. You are not helping. You are not helping, Joe. <laughs> this, is, this is you're not helping. A horrible segment of the show. This Jesus. is <laughs> listen. I do George. not support their views. <laughs> Yo, George, just say what you guys say about this game. All right, <laughs> come on. I, the game, the game was fun. The game was great. It was actually a really fun game. Not gonna lie. Like when I was, I watched the Orlando Magic absolutely destroy the Lakers the game before, and I and I had genuine concerns. I'm like. You know, good and well, when a team gets beat that bad and by that much and in that many areas of the game, that when the next game comes around, they want that sort of, you know, they want that sort of, of revenge. They really need it. And in the first quarter, I felt I felt that it was the only, the only quarter where I really felt it from the Lakers because we were doing most things right. We weren't playing to the best of our ability, but we were playing damn, damn near close to it. And they were keeping up with us. So I think it was like 35 to 33 at one point. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, there's no way this should be anywhere close to us. We were, Bam was doing his thing. He was aggressive. He was, you know, really like, he was really making a point of, of, of taking it to, to AD and to the smaller, smaller guys around the paint to put up his own shot. He was passing well. Duncan was playing well at the start. You know, it, it was, a, it was a pretty complete performance, especially from Bam, where you see, like, I'm still going to say he had a 20, 20 and 10 game for the first time in his career. Like he really looked that comfortable and you're doing it against who as it stands or how it stood yesterday 
was the number one person in the MVP race in Anthony Davis. So, and he's just come off a seven block, 25 point game. So he, you really, he really made a point of it and to say that, you know, the hype's been around, you know, the Victor Webinyama and all these players like that, but he's here as well. You know, he, he, he's the defensive mastermind behind this team on the floor. And he proved it yesterday. He was, he was crucial to everything. And even, even players like Kyle Lowry, where, you know, we don't come to expect much of them given their age and, and, how bad they've been playing the last year and a half, but he he did his thing, he did okay. Um, I still don't think that this team is complete in any way. I feel feel like by the time we get to the trade trade deadline, I feel like they'll they'll look to make a move for another scorer. Tyler played okay yesterday. We'll say okay. He he's had better performances in the year. He's been playing out of his mind, brilliant in the last five or so games. But yesterday was a kind of a he just looked like he was chucking shots. I don't know. It looked it looked different from him. It didn't look like he was playing with I don't know, the drive or the purpose that he was against like against Brooklyn or against teams like that. Where I genuinely thought that he could he's taking the next step in his career where he's not trying to be just impactful as a scorer, but his defense was improved, his passing was better. But even his shot selection has improved since last year. Where it's it was impressive enough how well he was playing in the clutch last year, but as it stands, he's playing even better. But yesterday's game was just kind of wish-washy. Uh, I'm never going to say that he had a bad game because still at 22-5-5 with three steals. But um, we're forcing Jimmy Butler to play basketball now. That's the biggest difference. He's It is early, early October days, November days, and we're forcing him to play like it's, you know, like it's the last few games of the season and we're trying to make it into the play-in. So, I, I don't know. I, I This team gives me mixed vibes. But if we're going to just base it on last game, regardless of all the noise about, you know, the, the, the referees and what they were doing and how, you know, they should have won and they, they shouldn't have, you know, they shouldn't have, they should have got this many foul calls, blah, blah, blah. It, I, I don't believe it. At the end of the day, we get, we get fouled. It doesn't get called. They get fouled. It doesn't get called. It all evens itself out at the end of the day. But, Complaining to the referees isn't going to make any difference. It really isn't these days. It, like, apparently the Lakers are trying to launch a full investigation and report as to what happened yesterday. Like, it was the most egregious time ever. Like, it, it just brings my head back to the New York series and how badly that was officiated last year in the postseason. And we didn't, no one cared, no one batted an eye, no one said anything, but it's a regular season game in November and we're having a fit. So, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it doesn't change the result. We won. It's good to get back-to-back wins. We have to get into some sort of rhythm of the season as well because we don't want to fall behind too far um, because it adds on. It doesn't matter what day it is, what game it is. You have to try and amount as many wins against teams like this to give yourself that confidence boost leading up to, to other games that are very winnable. We're about to verse the Memphis Grizzlies and they're notoriously having a terrible start horrible start they're just an incomplete team so you want you want your confidence sky high versus these teams because we don't want last year's miami when we were we were beating the bucks and we were beating the celtics and then we'd lose to the detroit pistons that's that's the worst thing that's that's what i want to avoid at any cost 
I agree, you know, and like, you know, another point you mentioned is the fact that there was the whole thing last year where, you know, we were kind of, you know, trying to keep our head above the water, trying to stay above 500. So if we could just avoid that this year and, you know, just stay, you know, get some more wins going up in there and just keep it a noticeable distance, just so like it's not an issue throughout the season where it's like, okay, if we win this game, we'll be one or two games above 500, then we'll be good. Um. So before you, my before you let person. who I'm only assuming is OJ Simpson in the bottom left hand corner talk, um, I do want to add this part <laughs> in. As we're making comparisons to last year, we can't be so ignorant to ignore the absurdly, I mean, horrible putrid shooting, which I've been screaming about since last year. When we're making comparisons and you know calling back or hearkening back to last season. Let's please insert that qualifier. Right. Let's see. Does anyone want to add in there real quick? OJ hasn't spoke yet. Bam is greater than OD- AD. OJ hasn't spoke yet. Who is this? Uh, I'm interested. Let's see. It's time for you to reveal yourself. Bam is better than AD. The mic is yours. Bam out of bio is better than Yo, Anthony Davis. I knew it. I knew it. Bam out of bio is better than Anthony Davis. Oh my god. What you say, Juice? Not the juice. Listen, man. Did did he not say it? He did. Did he and not say it? At, and after you look at the game, it's just the timing. The <laughs> timing of what he said and watching it play out. It was like <laughs> Listen, man. No. In all seriousness, though, man, great game from Bam last night. He had that man in the like. Listen, it it was that that was one of the best performances I've seen from Bam, and you know, in, in quite a while. I say I said this was probably his best game, and maybe Arguably. maybe maybe in two seasons, Joe. Probably. Hey, right. bro. With with the totality of everything, you might have to throw that e word in there. Yeah, hey, listen, you, it, it's possible, but um, and 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 all I. Hello, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, we got you back. You were kind of fake. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I uh went out. But George, um, chill out. You're sabotaging a good take. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, seriously though, man, great game. Great. I I I really enjoyed the game. I, I thought it was probably the, the best game all season, besides you know the last the last what four minutes in in, in the fourth quarter. It was a lot of turnovers happening. Tyler Tyler had some bad turnovers. Not saying Tyler had a bad game. I don't think he had a bad game. I think he had a bad stretch. I, th- I think Tyler had a bad stretch in the fourth quarter. We got to fix those turnovers. Um, same problem as last year, but like this be only what six games in, seven games in. Is it going to change? Listen, and for all those guys who wanted to trade Jimmy Butler, do y'all still want to trade Jimmy Butler? They probably do, man. If we're being honest, talking about trade yes, Jimmy Butler. Let, let's trade we... him to OKC. Yes for five first round picks or something. Yes, That's do that it. now. Now, Can we now, stay off now. the trade machines? Yes. The season just started. Jesus Christ. Listen, man. Like I said, you know, three days ago on, 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 on Biscayne, we're going to be all right. We're five games in. Give us some time. Yes, we still we need some things fixed. We understand this team that do has flaws, but what team doesn't have flaws? There's not Outside of Boston, there's no perfect – it's not a, you know, a head and shoulders 
thing with you no know, Miami is like every team is hitting shoulders better than Miami. Maybe outside of Boston, they got their first loss I think last night. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, but listen, man, Duncan Robinson. Okay, Duncan Robinson. Did you not see him cut to the bat? Oh my God, beating guys off the dribble. Oh my God, shout out to the shout out to the Long Shot Podcast, man. Listen, <laughs> tune in, tune into the Long Shot Podcast, man. Get that boy Duncan Robinson some more money. No, seriously though, this was a great win. Shout out to uh. Shout out to Jaime. Had Brian. Had that boy Brian in, in, a, in a Broward County jail. Listen, man, this team, this, this team is all right. We're going to be all right. A, a, a lot of good things to come from this team. I, like I said, everybody needed to just relax. We was four games in. Everybody jumped in a quick panic mode. I, I didn't understand it. We on a, what, a, a two-game win streak, Joe? Yes, sir. Two games, man. Two game back, one streak. We got the uh the the Memphis Grizzlies up next. I I I, I haven't watched not one game from Memphis, so I don't know how good they is. They records say they're the worst team in the NBA. With mm-hmm. people with with Heat fans on Twitter swear the Heat was the worst team in the NBA just two games ago. Everyone need to relax, man. It was a great game all around. Besides the fourth quarter, uh, like I said, it was a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad shot selections from players listen the uh the lineup that spoke put out there the rotation it was it was good i i think he matched things up pretty well what i what i can say is this what i did see from this tyler and, and jimmy they didn't look that great together on the court in that last stretch so that, that that's the only thing that concerned me because we in what year five with those guys and I, I don't know, Kay. That 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 concerned me last night. Um. So just to kind of why well, it's already fresh, and I'm gonna go ahead and take it there, Joel. I, I hate to do this, but you know, sometimes I jump in and I just I do what I do. I'm sorry. Um. All right. I'm, I'm gonna hit your point, Dean. And like I said, I'm gonna transition to that thing I was talking about when I first spoke. George mentioned a couple of things at the trade deadline. Another score. Um. To add punch to this team, you can't ever be mad at adding punch and add talent. But I look at the Los Angeles Clippers, man. And I think about when they're at their peak and when they finally get all those guys fully acclimated, how are those touches going to be distributed? And is it going to be able to be distributed in a way that they can be effective on a night-to-night basis? It's because, like, you're almost going into every game trying to figure out who's going to be the guy tonight. Okay, and you can break it down to three guys because Russ is the type of guy – he could just play point guard and go get his off jump. Like, rest could go get you 15 to 20 points, crashing the boards, knocking down a jump shot, taking a slash every now and again, passing the ball once he come across. Um, so if you look at Harden, PG, and Kawhi, you like, who going to get the touches? Okay, we don't have that issue per se, but follow me. When you think about the way that Tyler has played to open the season, and you think about us looking at Bam Adebayo, like, who is this? Bam is arrived. Like, this is what we wanted. And you also think about Jimmy going full on Jimmy because we know he's capable of that. Bringing in another guy who needs to rock. Dude, are you clipping yourselves? Because what you're seeing right now is something beautiful. Um, and that takes it to my point. Since game like two, maybe we've been on air once or twice since then, this break, um, Heat versus the World Pod. 
Um, I apologize. I couldn't let y'all see this beautiful face anymore, but I've gotten on as much as I can. And since we've gotten on, I think I've mentioned it. Quarters one through three, other than the Bucks game, um, this team has looked above average to great even. It's just that fourth period. And a lot of people say the most important period. Yeah, that fourth period. It's not that they don't know how to close. It's not that they totally fall apart. I think that they were figuring out how they best close. And that's how I articulated it until yesterday. Now, what I saw yesterday was what we knew to be true happened. When we need to close, when things get tight, get a ball to Jimmy and work off of him. Now, some people, such as George, will say we were forcing Jimmy to do what he does in the playoffs. Well, we also know that Jimmy been dealing with a knee issue since the season started. Tendonitis, whatever. He just, you know, getting himself right from that. And I'm assuming, you know, when you're taking a long layoff, when you're getting back active, ramping back up, that knee just going to swell until it gets in condition and realize, hey, we playing ball again. Let's not swell every other day. Um, as he's been working his way back from that, I felt as though last night he looked the most spry and fluid and active that he's looked all season. That's our plan in the four. Let Jimmy, I mean, let Bam and Tyler do the work from one through three. And Jimmy will be a spot-up guy, an occasional driver, an occasional slasher, a playmaker for those guys. And then when the money needs to be made, when the rubber needs to hit the road, as Shannon Sharp would say, skill, skill. Um, when the rubber needs to hit the road, then you give it to 22 and let 22 go do what 22 do. Um, and that's what we saw come to full fruition last night. Now you could say this about last night specifically as well. And I noticed it with LeBron, but my good man, Rich, um, Rich Nurse, um, he noted that it was an entire on the court thing, meaning I said, and you can see it with around two minutes left, LeBron was gassed, like walking, like he was like, he had nothing to give. And, and you saw it because he had given them a lot. Like he was the reason they were in, you know, um, and Rich pointed out, not nah, everybody's gas. And then you, you, you watch how neither team can make a shot for the last two minutes, an indication of being flat out tired. Um, that's the condition of things still early on in the season. But to that point, overall, I mean, just to kind of tie it down, I'm not as concerned because what we're watching is them figure it out, but we're watching them figure it out with the most peak, the most peak addition of the parts at play. As George mentioned, as so gracefully, I'm happy to hear him actually give somebody credit. Tyler Hero has played in all aspects of the game. Do you want him to be a better defender? Absolutely. But he's only going to ever be so good because of his natural given God-given ability. But what he is is active and disruptive and trying his ass off on that side. And even to the point of making mistakes. I think UD mentioned it when he was on the broadcast last night where he lost the rock and then pressure Austin Reeves where he should have got back because it led to a transit to opportunity. You hate that he did that because you gave him a bucket, but you love the effort. You love the want to. And that's something that's important, especially when you on this Miami Heat team and we know you can go for 25 at the drop of a hat. Um, and you're also watching Bam be the best version of Bam, the Bam we've wanted him to be. 202010 Bam. I'ma give you this, Mitty. I'm a, I'ma give you that. I'm I'ma give you that. And and if you LeBron, you better move out the way when you see me coming down the lane ready to throw this thing down because you can get it too, which we saw last night as well. And then of course we got dudes dudes who I mean that that's him, like we know what he is. So I think what we're seeing is just them finally 
figure that thing out across his first seven games that we needed him to see. This is what they're going to be in the fourth quarter. Tyler and Bam are going to do work one through three. Jimmy's going to give you what he needs to give you. And then in the fourth quarter, he's going to take over. And I think that's the formula to win. Because that allows us to save Jimmy while also maximizing what Bam and Tyler do as well. Right. Then, George, is there anything that you want to add to that? Of course. <laughs> One thing you are crucially overlooking, okay, is while it's beautiful what they're doing on the court right now, they're trying to they're figuring it out with Tyler and Bam taking a bigger, you know, a bigger role in the team. When it comes down to it, when it comes later into the season, you you need to have other options. And we see we've seen in the playoffs a bunch of times, even when you know, Bam has played well. Even when Jimmy's had a really good game. Even when Duncan's, you know, performed or something like that. You know, other players have performed. Caleb Martin as well, we saw in the Eastern Conference Finals. You need to have that one more piece. We, that's, that's, that is the mantra with the Heat. That's been the mantra with the Heat for the last three seasons, four seasons. Is that if they just had that one more piece. They had that one more guy, you know, and I get that. Look, we haven't had Tyler Hero since the first season of his first playoffs. And when he has played in the playoffs, it's been largely non-factor, abysmal, working against us because of how badly he's been playing. Now, granted, that was a couple of years ago. We haven't got to, we didn't get to see him at all last year, which sucks. And he's taken a next step this season. Now, I am not willing to bet the last two years of Jimmy's effectual career on the possibility that he might figure it out because he hasn't played in the playoffs. He hasn't gotten, he hasn't got to play in the playoffs since, you know, that injury, the horrible dive on the court injury, which made me cry. But as I look at the team currently constructed, the fact that Thomas Bryant is your fifth leading scorer is not a good thing. The fact that Duncan Robinson is your fourth top scorer, it should not is not a good thing. Now, I give Duncan his flowers. Wait, 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 wait. What? Why? Let him get it off, Dave. No, let him get it off, Dave. Let him get it off. 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 When it comes down to it, I get it. Caleb Martin's not been playing, and when he comes back, he's going to add a, a new dimension to the team. He'll probably be starting, and it's going to be good. And I'm happy. I'm happy to you know to see that happen. Kevin Love gets to resume his bench role. But there's two things this team is deprived of constantly. And one of them is a playmaker off the bench or even a starting playmaker. Because right now it's Kyle Lowry and Bam and Abayo. <laughs> that's that's the truth. It's Those are your key playmakers right now. You say that okay. like that's a problem. That is a problem. It is a problem. Because Kyle Lowry is 37 or 38 years old. And, and arguably the reason we won the game last night. But go ahead. Yeah, but you can't you can't say that that he was arguably the reason we won the game. What last you mean? Night. I can say that when they were coming down to, to take the lead, he took a big charge. I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that he's not. I'm not saying that he's not useful. I'm not saying he's not. I'm useful. sorry. Go ahead, because I want Dean to get his take off before I. Because like you, you really frustrate me right now. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not useful, but as a starting option, it's not it's not enough. And at thirty million dollars, if he was on like a five to six million dollar contract doing this off the bench, I'd be happy. I'd be happy because he's 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 taking that sort of Patrick Beverly approach, doing exactly what the team needs him to do when he needs it. You know, I'm not saying that he's the same defensively because no, Patrick Beverly on ball is a menace. But 
I'm saying he for him to do what he's doing is fine. I'm happy with what he's doing. He's actually exceeded my expectations largely throughout the year. The problem is he's being paid $30 million to do it. Now, coming off that contract now, do you look to move him? Do you look to upgrade that position? You have to. You can't let a $30 million expiring deal expire on the team and get nothing for it. There are teams out there looking to get that cap relief at the end of the season. We shouldn't be one of them. We really shouldn't be. Now, I think largely due to the loss of Max Struess and Gabe Vincent in the offseason and not replacing them at all, you've taken bench scoring, you know, outside of, and you've put it back into Duncan Robinson's hands and he's excelling at the moment, which I'm happy to, to, to have him do. But I'll throw out a name out there. Tim Hardaway Jr., largely gettable. They've been trying to shop him for years. He's averaging 18 points for the Mavericks right now. And he's not the player they need right now. He's not the player they need. But on this team, having a bench unit led by a Tim Hardaway Jr., a Duncan Robinson, a Thomas Bryant, Harkes Jr., Josh Richardson, you know, I, I need... I need more. I like that. I like that coming off the bench. I really do. But right now, there are a few players on the team who are just unarguably non-factors. Now, some of them are due because they're not getting playing time, and that's into its own argument where Spo doesn't feel the the need to play them. Players like RJ Hampton, players like Cole Swider, players like Jamal Keynes, like he's getting more and more minutes, which I'm happy to see him do. And I, I think he can be a really, really great piece into on the Heat's bench at the moment. I really think he can do that. The players like Orlando Robertson, which is just, it's fine. You can keep him there. He's your backup, backup to your backup. Nikola Jokic, Jovic, we've not really seen him do much throughout the year. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's upsetting because he was supposed to be that cornerstone of, of we didn't make the Dame trade, but look what we're keeping. You know, look what we're saving. He's played 28 and a half minutes on the season in total. There's Drew Smith, who's played 54 minutes. Yen, while he has shot 67% from three on six attempts, he is largely a non-factor. Josh Richardson's come in. He's looked shaky to start with, but I, I like what he brings. I think you can kind of get some some something else out of him. But these players are non-factors, and, and on a team that's looking to win a championship, you need to replace that. You need to have players that are fighting for that role. RJ Hampton's not pushing for that role, for, for a backup role right now. Neither is Cole Swider. Jamal Kane's making his case. Jovic is just not getting the opportunity to do anything, which is ridiculous to me because that size is largely necessary. But players like Malcolm Brogdon on that team, now I get it. Joe Cronin's team makes me sick, but he's averaging 24 and 6 right now on good efficiency. Would be an excellent addition to the team. Zach Levine's come up in, in in reports saying, you know, you've heard you've heard the rumors and the rumblings coming out of out of Chicago right now. They're largely unhappy with what they've got, and the players don't believe it. But the direction the franchise has taken to not rectify the fact that Lonzo Ball's not played basketball in two years shows that they they I don't think they they even know what they need to do. Players like Tim Hardaway Jr. who are probably gettable. These players you should be looking to to bring in and make you know and, and make something out of it because if you're squeezing all you can out of Kyle Lowry right now and 
he's scored 38 total points on the season so far. It's not enough for 30 million. And I'm just going to leave it at that. There's look, I'm not saying the team's played badly. I, I've actually really enjoyed watching the Heat play this season and watch watching Bam come into his own. Watching Jimmy actually play basketball is actually it's it's awesome. It's awesome to watch him see it, watch him play. Tyler Hero is taking that step up. Duncan Robertson is becoming effective again. Thomas Bryant's minutes, while on paper, technically is our worst player on the floor. I don't feel like that's happening. You know what I mean? I don't feel like that's the case. I don't, the, the way I felt watching Deadman play and the way I feel watching Thomas Bryant play, two separate things, two separate agendas completely. You know, and, and it doesn't matter how much Kay tried to defend Deadman last year. He was terrible. Didn't was try terrible. to defend. Didn't try to defend Deadman or Caleb. I said, "Give me someone better." I mean, not Caleb, but uh, uh, what's, you what's, said Caleb, but uh, I always had a fit. That's not fine. Caleb, but uh, Cody. Uh, uh, Cody, yeah, the Zella boy. I, shout out to Kozel, but no, it was bring me somebody better. Bring me somebody, and they did. I'm sorry, Dean. Go ahead. Dwight, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. I got. I agree, but I but he anyway. Um, go ahead, I don't Dean. I want him in the locker room with all the other Brother, guys. But that's go I'm ahead, saying. Dean. Joel, stop it. Listen, man, I don't know what y'all talking about with that Dwight situation. That's crazy. I, 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 I like our backup big right now. But no, um, I only thing I did agree with uh George was if you got something to move Kyle Lowry, you move him. But I mean, I don't think I don't think no trades are necessary this early on in the season. So far, you know, the, they are right. Yeah. Let, let me let me take one second. I'm sorry to do this, and and, and I, I want to show you all the respect in the world. Just just want to quickly. Iron no, out go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not saying to trade them right now. I'm not saying to trade them right now. I'm saying okay. as the season progresses, coming towards the trade deadline, you need to make look to make these types of moves and sort of thing. Like I, I don't feel you like just the heat calm me down should, a little bit, George, because I'm like, well, yeah. why are we here right now? Yeah, I, I don't feel like the heat like, should be complete. You, you got to say You got to say what they it. have. I did. I was. I was talking about the trade deadline before, but I should have reiterated my point. Okay. Going towards hurling towards that that, that deadline day, you need to be, uh, you know, active and you need to be aggressive in these in these discussions. Yeah. Now. The Heat have notoriously never give any of their hand away. They'll never tell, they'll never, you'll never know when they're looking for a player. Like the Heat keep their trade discussions extremely private, regardless of what happened with the Dame situation where we knew that we liked I was it. Say, unless time. the agent come out and screw yeah. everybody, but that's exactly right. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a discussion for another day. We, we've, we've rinsed the hell out of that conversation. We're not going to talk about Joe Cronin or the, the agent of Dame anymore. Dame seems unhappy in, in, in Milwaukee. It's pretty evident on the court and it's upsetting. But, Going back and to finish off my point, so I can get let, let Dean finish off his point. The Heat should remain non-complacent in trade talks and should look to make moves down the track. Not saying right now. Finish your point, Dean. Yeah, I, obviously I, I agree with that. We, this team should uh, definitely make some moves at the deadline, like go get a playmaker. I did agree with that, but um, what I disagree with, I don't like how how we all we all bashed. Miami for for having guys like Deadman and and Zeller at the backup five, and then and then we get a backup five, and now we saying no. Is a problem when he's the fifth leading scorer, or or you know we 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 murdered Duncan the last two seasons, and now he's having a a a great start of the season so far. And, Say and everybody saying, but you know, Dame. Let them know everybody but me murdered him. Just let everybody but K. I'm sorry. 
And then, you know, we're saying, hey, it's a problem because he's our fourth leading scorer. I, that's where I disagree with right there, George. I, I don't think it's necessarily a problem that Duncan's our fourth leading scorer when we got a guy like Caleb who, you know, really hasn't played yet. And I, I just, like, if you go look at every other team, fourth leading scorer, you know, Duncan fits right in with those guys. I, listen, I, I don't have a problem right now with – I have nothing bad to say about this team right now. Yes, it's some holes that need to be filled, but I, I've been like that for the past, you know, what, three seasons where we know where, where the problem uh, lies at. You got – I think we just – we need a little more time to, like, properly judge this team. We, we know what this team is, obviously. It's either, you know, like, it, it's been the same team for, for, for two years. We know this team can get to the Eastern Conference. We know the team can get to the finals. Yes, I, I, I don't think this team construct – this team currently constructed can win the NBA finals, but we know we can get there. Uh, George, you said no. It's uh, not good enough for me. No, I'm sick of not, losing. No, it's not good enough for me either. I, 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 I totally agree with you, bro. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you there. My problem – the only thing – the problem I have is that everyone went into a quick panic mode and wanted to, to trade Jimmy Butler. Like, that, that's where my problem came from. Like, people's calling this team a bad team. I don't think this is a bad team. I think this is maybe a fourth or fifth team in the Eastern Conference who can make that big push in the playoffs and get you to the finals. Yes, this team, you know, they lack playmaking and a, a, a facilitator. I, I totally agree with that. But, you know, when that time comes, we make that change. I don't, I don't think, you know, the change should happen right now or we should just focus on that change right now. I think, you know, what the focus should be is getting this team to play together, you know, like really together in the fourth quarter, which I've I seen that they haven't done at all this season. You know, like the fourth quarter has been really bad for this team this season and maybe – you know, for the past two seasons. I, I I just think, you know, let's just focus on the guys we have right now and, and let's get them playing together in the fourth quarter and because it is, it's is been really, really bad. And the turnovers can show, and Tyler and Jimmy, again, for some reason they have not been clicking together in the, in, in the fourth quarter, and they've been together for five years. It's like the, the chemistry is not, it's not, it's not great between those guys. Right, and I just want to say one quick thing about the whole trade Jimmy thing. I mean, listen, I just feel like most folks that just be chirping on that are just the people that's new to the Jimmy Butler cycle, bro. Like, this is all part of the plan, man. He going to do his thing in the regular season, and then playoffs come, and he's going to turn Super Saiyan. Like, we all know how this goes, but people still want to act new to this stuff. It is what it is, though, you know? Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, and, and don't, 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 you know, like I just don't get that when 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 the fans say, "Oh, you know, it's okay for Jimmy to coast in the season because we know we're just going to get in in a in a regular in the playoffs." And then you know he's not having a a great start to the regular season, and all the Heat fans are, you know. Mhm. Mm I mean, folks just want to act like they're new to all this stuff, you know. But it is what it is. Um. 
So with that oh, all being hold said, on, man. Before we go to the grades, I, I gotta touch on this, Joe. Like I was saying, and to close it up. I mean, just to touch on some points that was made, the foes spoke and play mad sciences. Um, and I made a mistake and put my notes in the group chat, so these guys are hearing a repeat. But the foes spoke and play mad scientists and cut the rest of the guys in the Nikolaeviches, the Caleb Martin, who's yet to come back. Um, you know, give you some Hampton, give you some Jamal K once he gets back. Um, figure out how to get the most out of those lineups. He has to first develop a base formula, which I think he is. And that's to my other point of seeing Jimmy the most spry we've seen him against the Lakers. Um, again, you have to believe that Nicola's going to play. You just want him to see more because to the point that you made, George, and to the point that a lot of people are making, he's probably going to be the secondary playmaker. He's probably going to be the guy bringing the ball up the court, for the lack of better terms, on the second unit once he does start to get that time. You also have to envision this. Caleb Martin hasn't played. Like, Caleb Martin – Arguably our fourth best player, arguably. Fourth or fifth at worst. Well, that's another conversation for another time. We'll do that on this break, Dane. Um, anyway, he's a top six, seven guy on this team. He hasn't played. So that's also going to push some things back to the bench. Um, I mean, you just got more stuff. I, I just think that, and, and again, I was going to say this because it's in my notes, as I said, we're focusing on stuff that isn't important right now, but George clarified and you know, said that he was thinking more towards the deadline. Of course you want your teams to be active. Of course, you want your front office to be doing all they can do to improve your team because that's literally their jobs. And if you can get something for Kyle's $29 million of impact, of course you do it. But as I said all summer long with Dane, as I said with every other deal that's ever been presented in the history of mankind, after people have spent enough time on their trade machines to drive themselves nuts, you can't trip over yourselves to do a deal. Like you don't shoot yourself in the foot just for the sake of doing something. You don't go just go wheeling and dealing all willy nilly, you know, because that's what you think you're supposed to do. The Miami Heat are the Miami Heat because they make smart moves for more often than they don't. Like you could look at some of their moves and be like, yeah, okay. Now I can give you two that were brilliant. So when you think about the way that they've gone about their business, um, it's just a situation where you have to wonder is anything worth them actually moving him for and if it is you do i agree but they also can't make anybody deal with them either so that's also something we have to keep in mind when we're fans or when we're hypothesizing or theorizing on what they should be doing it takes two at least to tango and if nobody wants to deal with the miami heat because nobody wants to get fleeced obviously joe cronin um then what can they do about that Right. And I'm sorry, I was just trying to get Dean back in here. For some reason, it won't let me. Um, but with that all being said, man, I mean, there's just so much to talk about when you look at this Heat squad. And I still believe that when you guys mentioned it yourselves, we definitely can improve this team. And that's why eventually you will get the trade deadline to come around and all that other stuff. And I do believe that the Heat will make the right moves. And like I said, I've had this as my name since the beginning of the season. Heat winning the 2024 championship. I don't care. How do we do it? I don't know, but it's happening. I know George is probably sick at that name, but it is what it is. But yeah, you know, we're going to take this a game at a time. And eventually, we're going to be seeing the Heat play some, what's it, what's where I'm looking for that he going to be hooping and nobody's going to be ready for it. You know, I think it was Bill Simmons that came out last year and said, like, the whole thing with the zombies and stuff like that. Like, yeah, 
People are gonna be scared to see what this team is gonna do, especially come playoffs. Folks is still scared of us. Like you even have Celtics fans coming out saying that they would rather face this Miami Heat team. They would rather face the Bucks. I mean, how do I say this? They would rather face the Bucks in the playoffs than this Miami Heat team that literally went and ran it back. What does that tell y'all? They went and added a whole superstar in Dame, and yet you're still looking at the team that got rid of two key rotation players and everything, and you still would rather play a team like the Bucks over the Heat. That alone should tell you everything you need to know about this squad. That's why I trust Spo, I trust Jimmy, I trust Bam. Obviously, there is some concerns with the roster that we'll hopefully get addressed later on in the season. But I trust this squad, you know. I know it's going to be a long season ahead of us. A lot of times where maybe we will get on this pod and we will scream. We will get pissed off at certain things going down the way that it went down. Specifically, George, assuming we can get you on for more episodes in the future. But all of that aside, man, I I'm low-key just looking forward to the playoffs and seeing what the squad can do there. Just let's go into the playoffs, parachute Jimmy down there. And let's take it from there, you know. And before we wrap up that topic, I know, um, Dean, you were kind of like kicked out of the um show earlier. Is there anything you want to add on before we wrap the show up? Uh, I, I actually I did, but I I forgot the topic we were on, so I I just it's okay. I I, I get skipped that one time. Alright, so we're gonna get into this final topic. We've talked a lot about what's going on with the squad. Let's wrap it up with this final topic, and that's none other than getting into this upcoming game for the Heat against the Grizzlies. So, like we mentioned before, the team is 1-6. The one win that they got came against none other than the amazing Portland Trailblazers, led by the Joe Cronin. So, there's that. Uh, but anyways, yeah, <laughs> a round of applause for them. Uh, but with that all being said, man, I'm just going to say it how it is. The Heat should get the win. I know it was George who mentioned earlier that there were a lot of times with the Heat last year where they would be in games where the Heat should be able to win, but yet some way, somehow they might fumble. Hopefully that's not the case this year. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another clutch game. But Jaw is not playing, so just go in there and cook this team and, you know, Marcus Smart is on that squad, too. And you know that he got no problem in exposing him. So go out there and treat it like it's the Eastern Conference Finals again. You know, I would like to see someone try to recreate that picture that was all over on socials with um Caleb. You know, I know he's not going to play, but if someone can recreate that on um, certain picture, if y'all seen what I'm talking about, where um Caleb shoots the shot, and instead of guarding him, you got on um, Marcus just arguing with the ref instead. So it would be nice if someone like Jimmy or whoever could just recreate that for old time's sake. Uh, let's see. Uh, George, how about you? How do you feel about this upcoming game for the Heat? Funny enough, and you're going to call me a hater as well, but we match up significantly worse with the Memphis Grizzlies than we do most other teams in the NBA. And it comes down to two things. One, one is performance-based this season, and the other one is, is personnel-based. Now, they especially now with no John Morant, they really base this, this entire offense around Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Zaire Williams. Um, and they've got a plethora of big men who seem to absolutely destroy us when we verse them. The likes of John Conkar, the, John, the, the likes of Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't really have that big of an effect against us, but they've got big men depth that rivals the best in the league at the moment. They really do. And, Regardless of the one six record, they they definitely not the 
the best team in you know that we're going to verse. But uh, following this season, the Heat, the one thing the Heat do terribly is they don't close out games well. We are the worst, the the lowest rated net team in the fourth quarter in the entire NBA. Now, that wouldn't be a problem if we knew how to actually hold leads coming down the stretch, even in the, late in the third quarter as well. But we don't put teams to bed. Now, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies don't play that well in... So the, they're one of the worst teams in the league in the first two quarters. They really are. And you have to really push it to them. And 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 you have to break them early. You have to. They're, they're, they've got a negative 20 rating in the first quarter, negative 15 rating in the second quarter. And then they're, I think they're third or fourth. No, they're third in the NBA when it comes to fourth quarters. So if you don't put this team to bed early and we feel, follow the trend of being a, a pretty mediocre fourth quarter team, it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the clutch and a team that comes, you know, that has this amount of pressure on them to actually perform. You have to really, if you can make a statement game out of this, then it's going to set the team up for a lot better, you know, a lot better games down the stretch because Losing the Memphis Grizzlies has adverse implications down, you know, down the track. Unless you take care of these early, te- you know, these these bottom of the barrel teams that are missing star players, it's not looking good when it, you know, when it comes down to the the better teams. We're versus the, the the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, these, you know, the the Suns. You need to be able to to, to put teams down early and make a make a habit of it. And if you can't do that against the Memphis Grizzlies, you're not going to have much luck doing it against the Suns or, or other, you know, the Denver Nuggets, other good teams like that. So you need Ben to perform. You need Jimmy to play the way Jimmy does. But this is going to be largely a Tyler Hero-based performance. If you can get the production that you've had out of him the last four, four or five games, excluding the, you know, excluding the, the, the what's it called, the, the Lakers game, where he didn't have that good of a shooting night, he can really make this game about him and and shoot them into a hole. Come out of the gate strong, keep that lead, and you'll be fine. But one thing we can't afford is to keep them close, and then we fall off coming down the fourth quarter where they have their bet. They're statistically their best quarter, and we're looking down the barrel at a loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and Deem, how about you? Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm not gonna take a long time about a, a team that's one and five and one and six, and and all that stuff. Uh, Miami's going to win this game. It doesn't. I, I, I to me, it don't make a difference to me how they win. I just I want them to win. I, I do want to see them, uh, patch some things up. I do a hundred percent agree with George, where he say against these bottom teams, we have to win. We have to show that we can beat these teams. Obviously, I do agree with George with that. Um, he's totally right, but it, it doesn't matter to me how they win this game. If it's close, if it's by twenty, a win is a win. But what I what I would say is, uh, George, I do think this is going to be a bam game. For the simple fact is, hear me out, y'all. Bam is going to show the world. Well, it's not a national television game, so he can't obviously show the world. But he's going to show the NBA on why they were wrong on picking that other guy. For defensive player of the year and why they got why he should not be ranked above him on a defensive scale. Bam's gonna ha- I'm telling y'all, 
pay attention to this game. It's going to be a good game. They got Marcus Smart over there now. This team's one and five. I'm not going to go deep into a one and five or one and six team. I don't care. But uh, Miami's going to win this game. It's going to be a Bam game. I think Bam's going to be the the best player on the court that night. Whatever Bam over is, take his over on everything. I 100% going with that. Take Bam over. Yes, sir. And, like, quick thing to add there. I mean, you mentioned it yourself. Like, the last two years defensive player of the years are on this Grizzlies team. So you got a um, chance to go out there and bowl out your BAM, and I'm all for it, especially considering the fact that it seems like it's a whole revenge tour when you consider the fact that he did what he did against AD, who I know most people are referring to as the favorite to win defensive player of the year this season. Yo, I'm sorry to cut you off, but please let me say this. Mm -hmm. There's no way on God's green. Listen, Anthony Davis is a great player. He's a on the court healthy. He's a top fifteen player. Top, you can maybe top ten. I, I don't have him at the top. Whatever, it doesn't matter where I have him at. He, he he's he's a top 10, 15 player in the NBA. But there's no way on God's green earth that man's a better defender than Bam Adebayo. Like no there's 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 no way. If 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 you if Bam was seven foot tall or six, however tall Anthony Davis is, he'll have just as many blocks again. Like. Just because a guy blocks, average two blocks a game, doesn't make him a great defender. Yes, Anthony Davis is a great defender, but he's not a better defender than Bam Adebayo. Like, there's no player in the NBA a better defender than Bam Adebayo. And he's going he's gonna to show it. He showed it against the Lakers. He said, hey, this is your guy, your guy being the defensive player of the year. Let me put him in hell real quick. Right. And, like, I just one thing to say, because we could talk about the whole BAM Defensive Player of the Year propaganda all day. I mean, the last two winners, let's look at it. J I mean, J Triple J won it, and, I mean, come on now. It makes no sense because there, when BAM was playing the way how he did 2022, the year Marcus Smart won it, the main come reason on, why people didn't want him to get the award that year was because apparently he missed a lot of time with that thumb injury. Mind you, this dude, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., missed just about maybe even more time as Bam missed um, in that season. And yet he yep. was able to some way somehow get that award. Like, and see, Joe, the, mm -hmm. that, that's where the problem I had. You know, when they made that argument about him missing so many games when Marcus Smart won it, I said, okay, no problem. That, that's an argument I want to make. I understand. But then when they when when it came around next year when when Jaron Jackson Jr. won, I said, well, well, damn, what happened to the the injury thing? Yeah, the, all these missed games thing, you know. So that pissed me off. But that's why Bam, this is going to be a statement game from Bam. Bam is putting everybody on notice this year. Last year I had Bam as an All NBA. He's going to make an All NBA team. Uh, George, I'm I'm pretty sure you remember I said that last year on on Biscayne last year. This year he's definitely he's definitely going to make a, his case for an All NBA team this year. A hundred percent. I'm telling you guys, yes, the way he's playing so far. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, man. And then he, you know, he's 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 going to be eligible for that super max. Listen, take Bam over whatever it is tomorrow. Take it. Mm -hmm. And like one last thing to add there. I mean, even like all of these awards is all propagandas because even Marcus Smart too. The only reason why they gave him that award was because there was that whole stat that was going all over the place about how the last time a guard won the award was back when um Gary Payton did it in the 90s. Aside from that, that was the only reason why they wanted to give it, to be like, oh, wow, you know, 
Marcus Smart, he went and did what no other guard could do in all this time, and, you know, that's win the Defensive Player of the Year award. So it's all agendas and stuff. I mean, look at Spo. He's literally the best coach in the league, and yet he's never won a Coach of the Year award. You know, who cares, right? So with that all being said, Kay, the mic is yours, man. What's your take for this game? I mean, I'm with Dean, man. I fully expect it. Um, to be a win. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on that team, and that's just how much of a win it should be. Um, George did bring up some interesting points, though. I would want to verify the numbers. Not that he's, you know, wrong. I just want, you know, I like to speak factually, so I trust him for this conversation. Um, that is something to watch. If they're the best, if they're amongst the top three or four in the fourth quarter, that's definitely going to be a test for the Miami Heat, but you hope they have enough separation or that they, you know, start to figure some things out there. As I mentioned, um, seeing Jimmy Butler come alive and look as fresh as he has all season in that Lakers game, it's encouraging to that point. Now, to the point um, of Bam being the best player in the game, I actually agree with that. And to that point that you guys made of the, resent, of the revenge tour, there did seem to be a little something extra for AD last night. Um, and I want to imagine that whenever he's facing a guy, that there are questions comparing the two, um, or if he can handle that guy, because I imagine him to have the same energy for Jovic, Jovic whenever they see each other. Um, I mean, Joker, Jokic, I'm sorry, not our guy, but Jokic, whenever they see each other, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining him to have that same energy. Um, you just think that Bam is going to come with a little something extra. But to the point of the defensive thing, I, I want to say this. There are guys that do things better in certain areas of defense, like, you know, weak, weak side shot blocking guys. Um, straight up man paint defense is where Anthony Davis makes his bones. Like he can play a man straight up on the block in the paint and, and be a great defender. Like a guy like Giannis, he's great because he can weak side block shots. Same thing with Rudy. There is no better complete defensive player in the league than Bam. Like hands down. Nobody does as much as Bam does on as high a level. And that's what makes him the best defender in the league because he's not going to be an ultimate shot blocker. But can he block shots? Absolutely. You're not always going to have him guarding your perimeter guy, the best perimeter guy. But can he do that? Absolutely. He's the fulcrum of the defense. It works because of him. Jimmy and the rest of the guys are able to go and get in the passing lanes because not only from a pure paint protection or shot or rim protection standpoint, do they know that Bam has them covered, but they know that if they mess up, Bam is good enough to cover you until you can get back. So that, that's all I'll say there. But on the Grizzlies game, I fully expect us to win this game. Um, this Grizzlies team is what their record says right now. Um, and I do expect it to be a band game as well. Yes, sir. So with that all being said, I feel like we've covered a lot for today's episode. Before we wrap it up, we already, we're already like an hour into this. So I just want to get like maybe 15 seconds of y'all's opinions on this. Uh, UD, um, he is now officially a part of the Miami Heat front office. Is there anything that y'all got to say about the captain? And so, I mean, we all expected this to happen, but anything y'all want to say now that it's official, um, Dean, you can start us off. 15 uh, seconds. <laughs> uh, no, because I don't even know what his role is. Like in front office, I'm not sure. So I don't. Vice shout President of Basketball Development. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what that is, but shout out to UD. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Kay, how about you? So according to the report, his role will be like aid to the coaches, um, a liaison working with the players on both the Scott Force and the Miami Heat, and sort of basically like an ambassador 
um, in the community, what he's done for the te- last 10 years anyway. He mm-hmm. just ain't wearing a uniform no more. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. UD um, absolutely needs to be a part of this organization forever in existence for the remainder. D-Wade needs to be a part of this organization. So, that's a D-Wade choice, though. That's a D-Wade decision. UD yeah. decided to do what he's doing. D-Wade got to decide to do what he wants to do. And I don't know. There might, with he's got his reasons. He's got his reasons. Yeah. I, there might be something going on behind the scenes we don't know about. We're not. There is definitely right. some bad blood between the hate and the hate. I don't, and know if it's, I don't know if it's in the man's bad blood as much as he ain't going to be able to get a part of his team or as much of it or for the same price as he was somewhere else. Point blank period. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's for another um episode to talk about. Uh, George, how about you, man? How you feel about UD's role? Five years too late. Five years too late. Honest to God, this could have been done so long ago. I was told by everyone in in <laughs> every community, George, in no. every community, that he would never accept a coaching job or or any job inside of the Heat. He wanted to be on the bench, and then he'd retire afterwards. He retired for three months, and now he's back. Uh, whoa, I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm coaching. I heard coaching. Any, there was, uh, no, any talk. Role, any, there so was no talk that he never accepted. So he took roles. a lesser any, job. So he took anybody, a lesser job instead. Anybody that thought he wouldn't work with this Miami Heat team after he finished playing is an imbecile. Everyone said that he would not be. That, that, Say imbecile bench, with an Australian accent, George. Imbecile. <laughs> that was well, American, but I see what you're doing. Either way, I know you know what I mean. Imbecile. Imbecile. I don't know. What exactly. One, one of those. Yes, I understand, and I said I said this time and time and time again. There's nothing better than seeing UD involved with this Heat team in terms of players that that have come and gone. Like I, I cherish the D Wade, you know, the D Wade um, cameos whenever he gets to come. He's just he's just not not here enough. UD's been here. He's been here his entire career. He will continue to be here. I am very happy for that. He's going to do some amazing things with the upcoming talent. The team already does an amazing job finding diamonds in the rough. He's going to help poli- you know, polish the, the whole process even better. He's going to find even better players. He's going to develop the players to the way you know the way he was developed. So and in any capacity that he is part of this team, I am happy. And I will you know, forever be grateful for what he's brought, he's, he's brought to the Miami Heat. And may he have a long and successful career. And he may be the new assistant coach of the Miami Heat in five years' time. Who knows? I think he'll transition into if Karan Butler can if Karan Butler can get a freaking job on the on the Heat, UD can get a job. What? Yo, what no, 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 Karan Butler slander. I like, yeah, I like Karan. I like Karan, like but I no, think UD is better. I think UD want to transition more into that Zoe role. Mm, that's a good point right there. Yeah. I, I mean, want him like, as a brand ambassador when we're tra- in trade discussions. If we're, we're trying all free agency discussions, if we're trying to get a team, a player to come to the team, you lock the door, you put UD in the room, and then only one of them walks out. I mean, listen, I just want UD to just travel with the team. You know, whenever I know he wants to chill for now, but eventually when the time is right to just travel with the team, because I still like him throwing chairs and stuff. When You know team- how we see Pat? And Zoe sitting just together randomly in arenas. Like we're yeah. now gonna see three people. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, but I just I would just love him for him to be on the bench and stuff still. I know it would be kind of like an assistant coach um thing, but still if he could just somehow be on the bench and like I, I did cut too much, man. I can't imagine them being a coach because as a coach, you can't come at him a certain way. Like if you want to hit somebody in the chest, 
that's kind of an HR thing as a coach. But if I'm yeah, just, I, I know, agree. I agree with Kay. I don't want to see him as a coach. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not seeing him be a coach. You, you, you hire him as an assistant coach, and then you put him as head of head um, HR manager. So if anyone has a complaint, they have to go straight to him. <laughs> Problem solved, sorted, done. We'll lose everything. So then what? He slap him again. He, he beats him throw some chairs again, to be honest. That's he what throws, I want. He throws a chair at a player on the court. He goes to HR, then he beats him up again. Like, Problem seeing, solved. Him, seeing him threaten to beat someone up because we're losing a game that we should be winning, like, that's that's what I want to see. You know, I know. Mickey's pissed, bro. Mickey's had to, has now had to hire more security like <laughs> around the players because now UD's back on the team. <laughs> Man, man, man. But, you know, shout-outs to UD. You know, it's great. I mean, we knew he was going to be around the heat, like I mentioned earlier. The dude was in the practice and all that. But now it's official, official. Like, the dude's got a role within the front office. So, shout-outs to him. And thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of Heat vs. the World. Check us out on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. And then, most importantly, make sure to follow us everywhere. Um, with that all being said, um, also make sure to follow all of our folks up here. Um, K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. Make sure to follow um, George at XHeatLifer, Deem at BLDeem, and me at JoelKJacob underscore. And with that all being said, man, we got more basketball left to be played. So make sure y'all tune in to Heat vs. The World, Biscayne Breakdown, along with our other lovely shows on this network, including The Kickback. Um, and also Dolphins versus the world as the Dolphins continue their season. We're going to have a lot of fun games headed y'all way. So just be on the lookout, man, because the content doesn't stop. With that being said, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat versus the World podcast.